The scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, and they put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and followed were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. may be seated. So picture this, please. Jesus has been in ministry outside of the city of Jerusalem for a few years. He has restored sight to the blind, fed the hungry, raised the dead, taught the lost, eaten with sinners. Jesus has drawn crowds to the wilderness has had to escape to the mountaintops to pray, and has been unable to travel faster through the countryside than the word of mouth about him has. And now, now Jesus is about to enter the city of Jerusalem. And it is a busy time for the city. Every Jewish household must be represented at the temple for Passover. And while we're not sure exactly it is believed that the city was probably home to between 80 and 100,000 people at the time, but the numbers of people entering the city for the Passover would have been a multiple of that. So the roads would have been very busy when Jesus approached the city in what becomes the procession we know as Palm Sunday. At least some of those would have been the men, women, and children who had been following Jesus, who had been listening to his teachings, who were waiting for him to make his next move. The crowds on this day were excited about what was happening because Jesus was not just entering the city of the Jews, but he was also entering the city that was governed by the Roman Empire, an empire that the Jews believed they needed to be rescued from. Jesus was just the man to do it. Many of those in the crowd were sure of it. 
He was the Messiah. He was the son of David. He was there in the name of the Lord. Just listen to their cries as Jesus rides humbly into the city on the backs of mild beasts of burden. Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Hosanna is a very loaded word. As I mentioned to Kinsley, Hosanna is not just a word of praise, of thanksgiving, of worship like we hear it today. It is a plea for help. The crowds are saying, oh, save us now. They are crying out as Jesus rides into Jerusalem for him to save them, please. And they are confident that that is exactly what he is going to do. They are happy. They are sure. They are ready to see what Jesus is going to do once he gets into the city. Hosanna is a revolutionary word. Would Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, ascend to David's throne and rule as an earthly king, removing the Romans from the city and from the promised land? Some thought so. This procession then was like an inauguration parade. Would Jesus, the Messiah, the Lion of Judah, be a mighty warrior who would remove the Romans from the city and from the promised land forcibly? Some thought so. This procession then was like a parade demonstrating military strength. Except it didn't look like any of those things. In fact, this parade was practically a mockery of anything of the sort. The Romans, you see, they loved a good, triumphal parade. Victorious generals riding in spectacular chariots, pulled by horses, followed by the troops and also by the captives and all of the spoils of war. These processions were a big deal. Streets were cleaned, banquets were arranged, and everyone came to watch. But Jesus' procession, other than that last part about people coming to watch, Jesus' procession was really low-key. Jesus did not ride in a chariot, but on the backs of borrowed animals. Instead of troops, Jesus was followed by 12 men of ordinary backgrounds. There were no captives, there were no spoils, the streets had not been prepared, there was no banquet waiting. Jesus had to arrange for that too in a borrowed room later in the week. But the crowds were there and they were really excited despite the humble nature of all of it. In fact, Perhaps part of the excitement was because of the humble nature of it. You heard it in the scripture. The prophet Zechariah had foretold of such a king who would come humbly on the backs of a donkey, a colt. Hosanna, save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is a crowd of people certain that Jesus is going to save them when he gets into the city. But this is a crowd of people that is focused on what saving looks like in the terms of this world, not what saving looks like 
in God's kingdom. So they cut branches from the trees and lay them and their cloaks on the road before Jesus, and they cry out in expectation, praising Jesus, declaring him to be the one who has come from God, the one who will save them, the one who will do all of the work. His steed is not mighty, his troops are not battle-tested, but the crowd's hearts are true and their words of trust of him, of faith in him, these words are their truth, even though they do not know exactly what that truth means. These crowds are sincere. These crowds mean what they say, but they don't know what to do with it. They don't know precisely what their declaration means, and when they get into the city, and when Jesus gets into the city, and things don't progress in the ways they thought they would progress, they get confused. And when Jesus is betrayed in the middle of the night, when he is swept away and tried before the crowds even know what is happening, the crowds become frightened on top of being disappointed. And so they surrender. They surrender their hopes. They surrender their dreams. And they abandon Hosanna for the cries of crucify him. And Jesus conquers death for them anyway. Eventually then the crowds will come to see that that entry into Jerusalem was not the end of the journey, but that it was just the beginning. What happens inside of Jerusalem and outside of the city on that fateful hill, what happens is not what any of them were expecting. They were saved, but it was not in the way that they thought. They were not about to enter into days of leisure, but rather they would really need to get to work. In the end, the crowds would pick up their cloaks off the dusty road and put them back on. They would go out to the corners of the world and tell what they had seen that day, what they had heard in the days before and since, what they knew about the one who came in the name of the Lord. And as they went out, they changed their world, and they changed our world. Professor James Duke says, Jesus did not come that day in triumph. Jesus was not crucified and raised. Whole communities of believers in Jesus did not emerge in order to leave the world the way it is. Jesus is not just the savior of our individual souls. Jesus did not do what he did so that we could be transformed individually into believers who just wait for the kingdom. Jesus is not just our savior and he is not just the ruler of heaven, the ruler of the kingdom of God which we are waiting for. Jesus is king of this world. And he expects us to work together like those disciples, like that crowd of disciples. Jesus expects us to work together to transform this world, this world, in the same sorts of unexpected ways that he showed us. Nonviolence in the face of violence, love in the face of hate, 
justice in the face of oppression, others' needs above our own, God's ways above the world's. The Gospel of Matthew tells us that Jesus arrived in Jerusalem and he went straight to the temple and he overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of the sellers of doves and then he went about healing the lame. Jesus spoke boldly when things were not right and he acted promptly when people were in need. This is our legacy as Christians. There is no shortage of peril or heartbreak or suffering in this world. But there is also no shortage of hope and strength and comfort that we have to carry into this world if we will put down our palms and pick up our cloaks, if we will recognize and answer the call on our lives to be at least a part of the answer to the cries of Hosanna that ring out all around us every day. So what do we see that we need saving from? What breaks our hearts and makes us cry out to God for help? Is the Spirit whispering in our ears that there is saving work we should be about in the world? And how can we walk as Jesus did, humbly with great purpose to transform the communities that we are a part of? May we seek the answers to these questions and many more that God has for us as we continue our journeys as Easter people. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we know that you are Lord and King of all, that you have conquered death and that we have a joyful life in eternity with you. But Lord, let us not trip into that trap that we believe in all of these things so fully and so completely that we think that we just leave it with you. Lord, help us to wave our palms, yes, to, to give you praise and joy, but Lord, show us what to do. Show us how to truly be your followers. Show us how to make a difference in this world, for it is an eternal life, not just in length, but in quality, Lord, in quality. When our hearts break and when our eyes brim with tears, Lord, show us what that is urging us to do in your name, to bring you glory and to bring your peace into this world, one interaction at a time. Lord, please show us. Hosanna. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.